Hi, everyone, and welcome to Foster Career Chats. I'm your host, Chris Milliken. Brought to you by the Foster Career Center, this podcast series provides career and industry-related insights specifically for the students of the Foster School of Business. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this edition of our Foster Career Chats. I'm your host, Chris Milliken. Today, we're here with Oscar American from Talking Rain. Um, before we get into talking more about Talking Rain and about supply chain, Oscar, would you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about yourself? No, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. Uh, uh, definitely a pleasure. Uh, pretty excited to be here and joining, joining you today. Um, so my name is Oscar Mayorkin, um, the head of supply chain at Talking Rain. Um, you know, I've been now a rainmaker for um, officially um, just over 10 years. Um, you know, over uh, the, the, the past 10 years, you know, um, have um, every job in the supply chain, you know, and uh, taking the lead in some of the major initiatives. Uh, but prior to uh, Talking Rain, um, work for uh, different companies um, on the uh, supply chain side as well, um, analytical. Um, and um, originally from Nicaragua, uh, where, uh, you know, I went to school uh, um, for uh, accounting. So I have a more financial uh, analytical background, uh, but I love supply chain. Uh, I love the insights, uh, the connections, the relationships, and um, as well, you know, the challenges that come with supply chain, uh, they're definitely uh, very fascinating and sometimes make you lose your sleep, but the reward is just fantastic. Awesome. Thanks, Oscar. And we'll definitely chat a little bit more about supply chain and those things that get you excited and maybe keep you up at night as well. Um, <laughs> but before we do, um, would love to, to first get a chance to hear a little bit more about Talking Rain. So personally, I'm a big fan of Talking Rain and your products. And I know Talking Rain has been a, a big part of the community here in Seattle, I believe since the 1980s, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, what can you tell students and listeners about Talking Rain for those that might not have heard of Talking Rain or your products? Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Uh, so we've been in business since 1987. Um, so this uh, uh, month of April actually uh, is our anniversary month. Um, uh, the great thing, you know, about Talking Rain is that uh, with 30 plus years of uh, experience in the beverage industry, uh, we continue um, to grow, and with that, we have um, uh, transformed, you know, um, our organization. Uh, uh, we call our um, employees rainmakers. You know, our rainmakers are just um, fantastic. You know, I, I love the Tucker Rain culture. Um, intentionally, uh, we've been working to create uh, a workplace that is um, it's relevant. Uh, we clearly understand that. Uh, you can have uh, the the capital, the infrastructure, but it's all about the the culture. So uh, we are very intentional on putting our uh, rainmakers as the foundation of the organization. Um, and with that, uh, we focus a lot on uh, the the mindset, the capabilities um, of our rainmakers to help us, um, you know, achieve. Uh, the goals that we have as an organization, but as well to stay relevant, not just in the marketplace uh, with our products, but as well as a company. Uh, we always uh, striving to uh, become a very relevant organization, but um, also that allow remakers to come to work and be themselves. Um, that is critical for the business. So um, overall, you know, it's an organization that I'm very proud to uh, work for and represent. 
and our rainmakers and culture, um, it's definitely uh, one of the um, elements that um, allow us to be uh, where we are today. Thanks, Oscar. Tell us about rainmakers. Why why does Talking Rain call employees rainmakers? We'd love to hear a little bit more about that. <clears throat> so um, that's. Uh, you know, it's uh, about four years ago, uh, we started uh, this journey on, um, we have a lot of uh, uh, changes in leadership and also uh, the mindset, right, the culture. Um, so we're trying to find a way to create a culture where people feel proud about what they do, but also having a purpose. Um, so we think um, as Talking Rain um, is uh, the name of our organization, um, we like, um, uh, creating the empowerment uh, for our rainmakers, and uh, was as you know uh, here in the Pacific Northwest, um, we have uh, a lot of rain, and we make things happen. Um, so we came up with a term of rainmakers, and that's like pretty much now uh, our term uh, for our people. So every time that we talk with suppliers, you know, we always have these questions about the culture and rainmakers, and some of the uh, the vocabulary that we use, you know, on campus, um, it's just uh, part of the culture on who we are and um, who we strive to be in, in the marketplace as well. I love that. Thanks for sharing, Oscar. Um, so would love to now talk a little bit about supply chain, but before we do, maybe you can help give us an idea of what sort of scale you're working with at Talking Rain. Because again, you know, folks may have, may have heard of Talking Rain in your products, but um, what can you tell us about sort of the scale you're working with? What does your presence look like maybe in the U.S. as well as internationally? Yeah, so uh, we work at a global uh, scale. Um, I think that, you know, uh, especially uh, post-pandemic, um, I think that now everybody knows more about supply chain than ever before. Um, you know, uh, some family and friends, they're like, oh, you work in supply chain? Are you getting any, uh, any sleep these days, right? Uh, so it's pretty funny to understand that, but uh, we have a global presence. Um, you know, um, our uh, main footprint is in the US. Uh, we have a, a production facility in the UK um, and have presence there. Um, and as well, uh, we do a lot of uh, exports, you know, um, across the globe. So we have presence on uh, 27 countries and uh, that's mainly uh, U.S. product. Uh, but, you know, we have uh, uh, plans in the future to uh, continue growing, uh, but we're very proud of what we have done in the U.S. with our Sparkling Ice uh, brand. Um, and we will continue, um, you know, in the upcoming years, uh, working on a strategy on uh, how to continue growing, not just the current brands that we have, but also uh, put a lot of innovation in the pipeline to um, help the consumers to find uh, what they're looking for, um, which is um, a lot of times in, with the new generation driven by those functional products that um, you see now um, show up in the marketplace. That's really interesting. So when you are thinking about growing, so, you know, I know the Talking Rain seen some significant growth. As you think about that growth and moving forward and adding new products to the market, and we've, we've even seen a couple of new products just in the past year, which has been great. Where does supply chain fit into all of that as far as growth strategy? Is it, is it the first thing that you think about? Is it the afterthought? Is it Equal, I'm just kind of curious, like what, what is supply chain, what part does supply chain play in the sort of growth to strategy? Really curious. 
No, absolutely. So, um, you know, without getting too deep into the details, but um, supply chain, right? We're, we're a service organization to our organization and as well to our customers. Um, we are definitely what I love to call, we're a, a big expense, right? Um, so in terms of expense, you know, uh, uh, you know, when we talk about innovation, uh, we know the supply chain is the first thought, right? The first question that we ask is uh, in the design process is, hey, um, can, do we have the capability? Can we scale? Um, are we going to be able to put this product in the marketplace, deliver uh, the experience to the uh, consumers, and can we be profitable as well? So it's definitely a first thought, um, as we know, um, you know, putting the product on shelves. Uh, it's complex, um, and that comes with uh, the complexity, uh, the cost, and as well, we have to meet the customers' expectations, which um, in, in the market today, as competitive as you walk through the aisle, um, the beverage aisle, uh, you can tell that um, it's, uh, it's premium to be on shelf, um, and that comes with a lot of strategy and design um, ahead of time. Thanks, Oscar. So I think what I'd like to ask you next is something that would be silly to avoid because we're sitting here recording this in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> or hopefully on the tail end of a pandemic. What has that looked like for you, specifically thinking about supply chain? Um, would love to hear what what this sort of COVID-19 pandemic has done as far as the impacts on supply chain um, especially considering that a lot of companies, potentially yourselves, have has grown actually grown and gotten busier during the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're bringing me to a place where, uh, you know, bring a lot of emotions uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, truly, um, uh, you know, probably uh, uh, two weeks a year ago, right? Uh, two weeks and a year ago, uh, we were. Um, you know, sending our rainmakers uh, home to work remotely uh, because of the pandemic. Um, uh, thankfully, uh, you know, we have uh, anticipated some of the challenges, right? As we talk about globalization, um, uh, we have, uh, we live in a world where um, it's impossible, you know, to uh, not rely on, on other economies, uh, and uh, when it comes to supply chain as well, uh, the sourcing of the materials and so on. Um, so we, um, we have a lot of struggles, you know, in the day to days without a pandemic. Um, and it's usually um, our ability to build the capabilities and the scalability as, um, you know, one of the challenges for uh, Tokyo Rain as everybody else is um, how how can we anticipate growth, right? And um, how can we build um, a model that is uh, predictable, that can help um, as traditional supply chains principles say, hey, you gotta stay lean. If you stay lean, um, then you uh, are becoming more profitable and you gotta keep the right level of uh, uh, service. Um, but we, we anticipated, um, uh, some of the challenges. What we did not anticipate, it was that we were going to grow 30% year over year. <laughs> um, and when it comes to uh, March of 2020, uh, we grew 72%. So that was, um, that was painful. Um, you know, uh, it was like a little of a, 
a mixed feeling. You know, we got the panic uh, buyers and we see in our dashboards and see orders come in, you know, and um, there's so much excitement across the company on the supply chain side. We were just scratching our heads and it's like, how do we, um, you know, in the next seven days, get ready to be able to deliver all these orders, um, you know, at a growth of 72% plus um, and make sure that we continue servicing our customers at 98% or better, right? Our goal as a company is that we are customer and consumer obsessed. Um, so that was that was very challenging, you know, we have systems, we have dashboards, uh, we have a lot of resources available uh, to help us uh, make decisions, but this was a challenge, not just on the supply chain side, right? Grocery stores um, are um, with shelves that are empty, um, truck availability is short, right? And so on. So um, we had a plan in place, um, you know, for risk management, uh, but it became a little bit more of like, what else are we missing, right? And we saw um, not just the pandemic being an issue, right? During the pandemic, we have this huge economical, uh, social um, crisis. Um, and, you know, that had a huge, huge impact in supply chain. So, um, you know, supply shortages, uh, log logistical challenges. Um, and of course, you know, the, the bullwhip effect that we saw um, a year ago. Um, so we... Um, you know, our purpose is as a company, creating connections with every SIP. And uh, those connections um, help us to um, get through uh, the crisis. So um, we were able uh, to secure uh, uh, capacity, production capacity. We were able to secure and turn on, um, you know, some of those satellite distribution centers to help us um, uh, the flow of goods, you know, continue moving and uh, fulfilling our customers. Uh, we uh, did, you know, the opposite probably than, uh, you know, mo most traditional supply chains um, uh, have done in the past, which is instead of being lean, we actually stockpile, um, you know, early in the year because we knew that there was a potential of, um, you know, a bullwhip effect coming with a consumer as traditionally um, all the um, on-premise consumption will be uh, brought back into homes. Um, and um, that, was, uh, that was a big challenge, uh, but we tried to anticipate. It was a huge gamble, but it paid off, you know. Uh, from March um, through the end of the year, we grew um, over 30% uh, year over year. And this year we continue to uh, grow double digits and continue building the strategy of um, what does the most resilient network looks like to help us balance the, the service, uh, the, the, the cost, and ultimately as well the cash, right? Because there's a cost associated with having um, a stockpiling on materials, on finished goods, securing the services that we need to be able to give the consumer uh, the product that they're demanding. So a lot of challenges. Uh, um, and on top of that, also, we are a company, we love innovation. So during the pandemic, we actually put three other brands in the marketplace. Um, one of them uh, being um, our sparkling ice spiked, uh, which is an um, um, 
uh, hard seltzer um, in, in the marketplace. So it was a great challenge. Um, you know, we are seeing the benefits of uh, being resilient um, and we will just uh, continue uh, building the strategy, you know, on design. And uh, it's not so much on the design, um, you know, and for students, your students as well. Um, strategy is great. If you don't know how to execute, um, it's worth, worthless. So, um, you know, just having the mindset of making things happen. Thanks, Oscar. You know, I know students are, are always really interested in hearing about specific operational challenges that companies are facing, especially during, you know, times like these unique, you know, this very unique past year that we've had. Is there anything that you can share that might be interesting? For example, was there anything that surprised you as far as challenges that you ran into, or maybe what was the biggest logistical or operational challenge that you ran into? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, one of them was actually, um, labor um, and the piece of labor, um, it was, you know, everybody was concerned about their um, their safety, right, the, their health. Um, so that's something that um, I'm always extremely thankful for all the, the drivers on the road, um, forklift drivers and warehouses, you know, uh, the people um, uh, feeding the grocery stores, you know, with the products and so on. Uh, but labor was a challenge that we were not anticipating um, and that disrupted, you know, not just our supply chain, you know, that was uh, across the network, um, you know, across the U.S. Um, and uh, I think that the right thing was done, you know, on providing a stimulus check to a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, the, the citizens in, across the country. Uh, but a lot of people um, decided, you know, to stay home and, uh, we, uh, you know, put like huge incentives out there to make sure that we got the, the workforce to be able to deliver um, to our customers. Uh, but that was uh, by far uh, the biggest challenge uh, that we had. I think that everything else was was not a surprise. Um, but uh, and when you add, you know, some of the um, social crisis that we had in the mix, uh, just make things uh, uh, more more complex. So, yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. Safety was definitely you know such a big concern for everyone. I think you know a year ago. So, when it comes to supply chain careers, right, where students are listening and you know our students are interested in looking for internships and full time jobs, if you could give advice to students that were potentially looking for opportunities in supply chain, what sort of advice would you give students to help them prepare and be competitive in that space? Uh, no, great, great question. You know, um, I always reflect back and just to see how businesses used to operate in the past and uh, some of the challenges that, uh, you know, I had myself. Um, I think the one of the biggest opportunities is that, uh, you know, technical skills are usually, um, they're pretty good to uh, acquire, right? Uh, you go to school, uh, you, you know, you learn whether it's uh, finance, supply chain, um, marketing, and so on. Um, I think that something that um, it's a competitive advantage, especially, um, you know, in the marketplace today it's uh, having some of those uh, uh, 
communication um, skills, you know, being able to uh, speak very eloquently and also uh, creating those connections are extremely important, right? Because um, uh, at times, right, it, it, you might be the smartest person in the room, have the most skills, but if you don't know how to convey and create those opportunities through connections, um, it becomes um, really challenging. So I think that joining uh, some of the local, um, you know, shared groups um, or uh, uh, sites, you know, there's so many resources out there uh, nowadays where uh, you can uh, create those connections and um, share, you know, your vision. Um, I think that having the, the personal vision on where you are today and some of the goals that have in life um, it showcases that you are uh, uh, a person who's driven with purpose. Um, and if you're driven with purpose, you know, um, I think that a lot of organizations love um, people who um, have a vision and are able uh, to execute as well. Yeah, I, I love that. And I would also add on, I think it's a good idea for students who are interested in companies like Talking Rain to follow you on social media and you know try to stay connected and get networked in, in a variety of ways um, as much as they can. Um, I follow you all on social media and love your content. So throw that plug in there. Um, awesome. Now, saying that you're a busy guy is an understatement. <laughs> um, <laughs> thinking about the past year for you, I'm sure has been wild. What about, um, what I'd love to ask you now is, have you had a chance to sort of read anything, listen to any podcasts, or are there any other resources that you would maybe suggest for students to help them as they're thinking about careers in supply chain? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, over the past year, um, uh, you know, I, I, I spent time uh, reading um, and, um, you know, it has been not much about supply chain. It's been more about um you know, some of the soft skills, some of the uh, people skills are critical, right? Um, it doesn't matter if you're a leader or not. Um, I think that with uh, experience and maturity, um, I have learned that um, business is not just the one thing that's complex. Um, you know, people are complex, society is complex, right? We all have different backgrounds. We all have different skills. We all have different perspectives about the world. So, um, you know, I've been reading a lot about um, um, some of the uh, uh, team building leadership and as well um, uh, mindset, right? Like how do you change your mindset from um, um, being a uh, problem solver, the critical thinking um, is huge. Um, but I do have, I think there's some recommendations um, I came across uh, with one book, um, it was uh, supply chain strategy and financial metrics. Um, you know, uh, background is in accounting, so I love numbers. Uh, I'm always, uh, um, every day, the first thing that I do is just checking to see, you know, how's the market doing? What is that going to impact the consumers? How is that going to impact, you know, the cost of doing business? How are my metrics uh, being impacted, you know, because of all the, um, environmental, uh, the social um, events that are happening. Um, so um, there's this, um, you know, great book, and it talks about uh, the balancing act between the service cost and cash. 
Um, I think that that's uh, huge and is uh, a, a recommendation, you know, that I have for everyone. And there's one more book, actually, one of my direct reports uh, um, uh, recommended. I started reading. It's called Multipliers. Um, it's a great book, you know, just uh, kind of the mindset, right? How do you do more? more with less, um, but also having having the right balance, right? Um, it's not so much about um, automating, um, but it's uh, having the balance of the, the connections, um, the resiliency, um, and going back to the basics, you know, uh, process, systems, and people. Wonderful. Oscar, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you spending some time with us talking a little bit more about Talking Rain, about the rainmaker culture and about supply chain. Um, students, if you're interested in becoming a rainmaker yourself, you can find um, more about opportunities at talkingrain.com backslash careers. And then also on Handshake, Talking Rain does post jobs for students for internships and full time there as well.